Hello, welcome to the Bossit Podcast with Mark Edwards and Michael Humblett. This podcast is released every week and is an over-the-shoulder look of a frank and candid discussion between two experienced software executives, providing you with useful tips, techniques, and the latest concepts to help you grow your software business in the fast-paced digital age. So let's get into it. Here is Mark Edwards and Michael Humblett. Well, welcome back, Michael. Thank you, Mark. How have you been? Well, I've been busy. I've been working here, keeping doing the podcast while you've been away. Have you been sunning yourself? I'm still officially on holiday. Oh, okay. I tell you, it took me a week and a half before I get into the phase where I thought, I'm not going to pick up the phone. I'm not going to check the emails. Nobody's dying. Leave me alone. A week and a half. That's a long time. That's when the holiday really starts, isn't it? When you can really... (laughs) And tomorrow it starts. I can start working again. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I've kept up the momentum on the podcast and I had two interviews, one with David Key about stress for executives. And the one last week was a recruiter that I've known for many times, David Shieldhouse, talking about salespeople hunting and finding that top 1%, which is what he specializes in. Um, And it was good. I think actually that they are topics that could warrant further podcasts later on. Because I know we were sort of, we felt we were cutting ourselves short, as we often yeah. do. You know, once you get into a topic, Absolutely. it Absolutely. just sort of rolls and rolls, isn't it? For those listening, uh, we got some feedback that I need to talk about. We, Mark and I, have been talking about a lot of URLs and a lot of books and stuff. We're going to create an article or a blog post or something that you can find all of that stuff and we can just add to it mark so we can share it because we we keep saying we're going to share it but we don't that's that's we should fix that well this is a message to luke now luke does all of our copy afterwards on our podcast so luke when we mention when we mention a book go out and find it add it into uh, the text that you put afterwards so there you go it's done that's all i needed to do because he listens to everyone and he types it all up perfect Actually, if you, if you, it, what would be even better, Luke, would be to go back through all of our previous podcasts. I know that's going to be a bit of a job, and add in the links that may have been missed before. But definitely from now on, and when you get some time, go back and do some of the previous ones as well. So there we go. Take action. Get it done. Just Good. done it. So, well, you haven't. What had, have you been up to? What well, have you been up to? Yeah, I was going to say you haven't been speaking to many clients. I hope whilst you've no. been away on holiday. I um, try to avoid it. I, I've got so much to speak to you about because you've been away. I haven't, <laughs> I haven't been able to give you this stuff. I, it's been piling up. I I've can just listen, to... Mark. Imagine me not talking for once. That would be great. I've got enough for about three days here. We could just good, go on good. forever. You can <laughs> just start with the beginning. <laughs> start at the beginning. Well, that's, that is a brilliant introduction, actually, because one of the things that I've been working on um, with two of my clients uh, currently is is about the company narrative and creating stories. Can I ask you first a question? Because I am not a native English speaker. So for non-native English speakers, it's a very fine line between what is a narrative and what is a story. Because I I sometimes mix them up and I know there is a fundamental difference. Well, first of all, don't apologize for not being a native English speaker (laughs) because I could guarantee you 99% of the people, English-speaking people, won't know the difference. Okay. And I'm not, I'm not talking <clears throat> in a broader sense here. I'm talking about from the perspective of creating 
a corporate narrative and the corporate stories. So that that obviously is, is our focus. But but essentially the narrative in contrast to the story is a much bigger it's a much bigger story. It's open ending. It's the way that your organization looks at the world. Now yeah. let me explain that. If to bring up a really good example, one of my favorites, well apart from apart from Nike or Nike, however you want to pronounce it, they are excellent. But the other one is obviously Apple. And what they're able to do is that they weave the story within their narrative. So a story in its simplest form is about a character and the things that happen to them. It has a beginning, a middle, and an end. And I think that's, that's a fairly universal acceptance or definition of what the story is. The narrative is, is much bigger. It's what your business is all about. So for Apple, their narrative is the power of human innovation. And then they run their ads, which are a, sh a series of short stories, examples of individuals, you could call them the heroes, mm -hmm. demonstrating their creativity and their innovation using the Apple products. Yeah. If you go, if, if you go online, and here's our first link, there's an Apple ad that really clearly demonstrates this, which is, um, it's, it's narrated by Robin Williams. And actually, I think it's, a clip from a film that he was in, and I'm just trying to remember the name where he's a teacher and he's talking to Miss his Bonf class. Miss Bonfire? Oh, no. I don't know. No, not, <laughs> not that one. Um, no, he's I know he's which got, one. The, he's got a the, public school. Yeah. He's at a public school. I know which one. A group and he gets of, on, the, on the really good movie. Yeah, excellent movie. And he's talking to them about poetry. So, but I'm going to put... Dead Poet Society. Dead Poet Society, you've nailed it. Well done. Excellent. So he's talking, he's talking about the power of poetry. But they've used, Apple have used this in their ad. And as you're listening to him, you're seeing clips. It's very, very fast moving. You, you, you'd love it. it. It goes from one to another. But you see people doing various things. You know, there's somebody rock climbing. There's somebody else in a hot air balloon. And they're using their Apple and they're using their iPhones. Mm -hmm. So that's the difference. And I think... It's really important. I know, I know that I've had a number of clients who have said to me, brand, and this is about brand, brand isn't important for small companies, small and medium size. It's just for the big guys like Nike and Apple. And in one sense, they're true. But in another sense, they're totally wrong. And I think that's where they miss out. Because the narrative is a fantastic tool for not only externally, but also for internally. It enables you to get the people within your business to understand what you're about. And I think this idea that creating a brand is only for the big guys is true, but we, when, when they are doing a certain type of advertising. Now, for instance, Nike are of the size and power where they can put up their tagline, just do it, on a billboard, and it works for them. A small organization, they cannot afford it, and that tactic won't work for them. On, on the other hand, uh, yes, I agree, but Nike also has the budgets that are crazy. Ooh. And one of the things that I'm a big advocate is with all the social media, I mean, like the YouTube channel and all the, the, the things that we've been experimenting with and we've been rolling out, it's not expensive, it's not that much work, and you can move, you can build your brand pretty quickly if you just yeah. be consistent and keep it up 
But a lot Absolutely. of people are afraid from it. I don't know why, but it's like these movies that I make. I always keep saying, guys, make them in batch. Don't make one movie a week. Make yes. 20 in one go. I mean, yeah. it works. It will just works. Absolutely. There are individuals. Now, this is about the smallest business that you can, you can create. Yeah. That yeah. create a brand. They create their own brand. And that brand is about what do they represent? And it's also about how they communicate. It's even down to the colors that are used so that people, it becomes a recognizable brand. When you start to see something from this company or even from this individual, you recognize it as being from them. And it's, it's consistent. It mm -hmm. doesn't change. And I was going into, I was going into quite an explanation about this and talking about the importance of narrative and story and how they work together. And I said to them, that uh, the, if, you, if you think of it, that um, the stories are like pearls. You know, pearls that you find under the sea and yeah. oyster shells. The narrative is the necklace or the string upon which you thread the pearls. And that holds everything together. Nice one. In your dark days, you must have been a poet, Mark. <laughs> and do, do you know what the, the biggest <laughs> the biggest revelation for me was? This is this is shocking, and it just shows you because I I can see things from a client's perspective. Is that our own boss equity, our narrative, is not always as clear as it should be, and it's it's probably one of the hardest things to see, is when you're looking at your own business. I mean, we have a narrative. But we haven't, we haven't made that clear enough for everybody internally within the business and externally. And, and consequently, and, the stories that fit on that narrative could be much more clearly defined. And like all the companies we help, we also do one mistake, I think, is that we have so much good stories and so much good stuff to say. We want to tell it all while it needs to be really simple and clear. We just yes. pick one. That's one of the things I always give as advice when, when I talk to new companies coming around. I say, guys, you, I know you're great. I know you're fantastic. Just pick one. Don't worry about it. Just take one. <laughs> it's hard. Absolutely. Yes. And yeah. that, that was one of the other things is, is I was also talking to a company about we've, we've created this um, a series of videos and some training for companies looking to raise investment. Yeah. Because again, it's an area yeah. where companies make so many mistakes. They make it really hard for themselves. Um, and I said, in one sen sentence, summarize your narrative of your business. Keep it short, simple, and understandable so that even your grandmother would understand it. Mm -hmm. And I think that shows you how simple it really does need to be. And it's really, really important. Um, I, can, I can see that you know, the, the boss equity narrative that we've created, we've, we've allowed it to blur a little bit. We've allowed it because, because it's something that you talk about, you know, when we rebranded the business, <clears throat> but then you get on with your head down within the business. It's something that you need to keep bringing up to the surface, you know, and our narrative is that the software entrepreneurs, the founders, the shareholders, they are the heroes and we're in a very competitive industry the software tech but on the other hand it's probably one of the most valuable business sectors in the world and what i mean by that is you can take a bit software business and within a few years it can be worth billions there are very few business sectors that can do that 
but it means yeah. it's very competitive and you can spend a whole lifetime trying to learn what you need to do to be very successful in this sector. You know, you could get a whole team, an executive team, and they could spend several lifetimes trying to figure it out. Or you can come and work with us and we can help shortcut that. You know, that's, that's our big story. That's our narrative, is we want to put the money back in the hands of those people that create the innovation, that create jobs, that create a business of value, because we want them to go through that cycle and we want them to reinvest into the industry, because that benefits everybody. That's our narrative. But we don't had, bring had, that to the surface. Yeah. I, had a, I had another good example. Uh, I, I do this a lot. I help a lot of companies building their sales narrative. So people get attracted to buy. And there is a big difference between company narrative, sales narrative, and the way you you explain something so people want it. It's the why now. All of that needs to be flipped within the story. Um, and one of the examples was a company called Sweebright. They are in the, they, um, they sell, I think I gave this example already, but they basically sell software for real estate agents so they can completely go online with their business. So imagine you go to a customer, they want to sell their house, one click of a button, you take a picture, put in the size of the room and it's online, like literally a few seconds. So when they were going out, they were doing this whole story about the world has changed and um, they were educating the, the real estate agents that there is so much stuff going out, so much other software, they're, beating, they're being eaten alive. And, 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 and it took them like an hour and a half. And I tell you, real estate agents have no clue. They were listening and thinking, this is scary. You know, this is yes. really scary. <laughs> so it took me a few weeks to really pinpoint what's the one thing that's going to work. And the one thing there was to basically say, look, you, you, so you come in and you basically say, and this, this all happens in four or five minutes. I don't have the exact speech, but I'm going to try and do it. So basically you come in and you say, listen, in the world, in Belgium in this case, and in the world, there are some of these real estate brokers that are really, really accelerating and winning. It's crazy how they are eating market share. You show one graph and you show the amount of listings and some other stuff. And it's like, it, you know, you feel it. You're like, good God, they are better than me. Right? And then yes. you take it a level down and say, so let's, let's look at your business. What do you do during a day? And then you have step one, step two, step three, step four, and you explain what they do. And they all go like, uh-huh, uh-huh. Then you get a, a pie chart that basically shows them. So that means if I break your day down or I break your week or whatever you're doing, you're spending 70% on admin type of tasks and yes. 30% on customer facing. So yes. dear customer, where, where do you think you are the best? Oh, I want to be at customer facing. Okay. Let me show you the same pie of those who are winning. And then next to it has another pie boom, on the screen and it shows they spend 30% on admin and 70% in big letters on this uh, customer facing. And you yes. say, so you're basically not, uh, you, you have untapped potential. You need to unlock that. Uh, to use a buzzword, unlock that. And, yes. and I tell you, if you show it that way, and then you say, Sweebright uh, does this. Uh, we help you to get there very easily. You install the app, you're off and, and going. I tell you, so we, we, tried, we, we tried the story. We were doing a lot of cold calls. We had very, very poor impact. We flipped the story to this one. And overnight... I was sitting there, we did 20 cold calls, and we had, listen to this, Mark, 20 meetings. It was <laughs> crazy how the impact of a story, this is one of the best examples ever, and now they're closing yeah. deals, and it's, and it's just the same thing 
told in a different sequence, very visual also, and it's true, eh? so we're not lying or fake, it's just, it just reality. But we had to find that perfect tone to, to hit the nail. Now, we are hitting the nail, now, of course, we're bumping into some other stuff that we are fixing, but this shows clearly how just shuffling a few slides and, and the visual around it can have so much impact. That's a really good example. I like that. It, it, it also it brings me to a question that I wanted to ask you because I've thought a lot about this. Is Why is this such an overlooked area of business within software tech? There are some business sectors that I think are brilliant at it. Um, not, not generally, but the, the probably, I mean, I was looking, for example, I don't know if you've seen, um, Kickstarter has created a number of businesses that mm-hmm. are, are um, manufacturing backpacks. Yeah. So these backpacks are used by people going to school, business, yeah. and hiking and so on. And it's very, very competitive. And because of the very visual medium of the Kickstarter platform, and, and because that so many of these backpack manufacturers have got funding, it's, it's created more competitors coming in saying that's what people want. You know, they're putting money into mm-hmm. this and they've got very, very good. So I saw, I've seen a number of examples of people creating, because you've got your narrative, but then you can also create a story about mm-hmm. your product. And exactly. there's stories out there on backpacks and you read it and you think, wow, it draws you in. They've written it in a very entertaining, cohesive, understandable way. But software tech, owners and innovators, they sort of see this as, yeah, we'll give that to our Marcoms person to sort out. Let's Let's get on with the real business. You know the difference? A backpack is a very clear product. Yeah. The moment you get into software... It, the lines become blurry, especially when you do need to integrate because there is so much in the software space, even, even a CRM. Let's imagine we start a CRM tomorrow. You need to integrate it into something. So what they do as a mistake, they start explaining technically how easy it is. And they're basically fixing one or two problems. That's how they started. And then as time goes, they add more feature features and then it becomes very blurry. I have to say it's a very good remark you make because when I doing so I do a lot of teaching to startups and scale-ups and I've seen a lot it's the one thing that always comes back I said guys your story is not aligned it's not clear and I don't know why it is it's very very scary and it has a massive impact for me it's number one thing you need to do that's by the way the first thing I do is show me the story let me fix it. And they go, yeah, but Michael, we got all the training for an elevator pitch. And I go, look, there are t- an elevator pitch on stage and to an investor. It's all fine. But you're not selling to the right audience there. You're selling yourself or you're selling your company to get cash. If you want somebody to pay for what you're doing, it's not an elevator pitch. It's basically the sales narrative. And you've heard me do this sweet bright story, which is two, three minutes. And the one thing that is different that is the one thing nobody has in there we've we've said it already in so several podcasts is you need to answer the question why now but with sweet it was very easy somebody's eating your lunch you need to fix that now or you will die that's basically the story yeah i think i think that's that that brings to another subject which is where we've got innovators bringing out solutions to to problems that are future product yeah they're, but they're not big enough problems i think and no. a lot of them are, are if you gave it away free would probably uh, take it because it's nice to have but it's yeah. not it's not a real pain it doesn't it's, it's not going to be the difference between life and death 
or massive difference in my business. Mark, let's talk about something. I've noticed so. I have lots of kids running around my place and they all play a game called Fortnite. Have you ever heard of that? No. You it's one of the most played games currently on, uh, on, on the world. And what's funny, it's a free game. It's a shooter. So you go in there. You can only play against other people. So it's 50 against 50. It's a massive community. You just And you basically, it's free. You play around. You have to build stuff. And then you shoot people. You never see blood, of course. It's pretty clean. So little kids can play too. And it's free. And as you play the game, you get coins. They call it V-Bucks. doesn't matter. And you know what you can buy with it? You can buy skins, so different outfits. And secondly, now comes the really funny part. You can buy dance moves. So these <laughs> kids, I had a birthday party a week ago, and I had 20 kids running around. And at a certain stage, I saw my mother looking outside and said, what are they doing? And I looked and I saw 20 kids doing for an hour all these dance moves. And I'm thinking, good God, a stupid game that's free can have such an impact and they're making fortunes now because people are paying money to shortcut the time to get better dances. <laughs> I mean, it's a very I mean, it's a very classic model. Yeah. But it still works. And I think in some cases, I actually very rarely, but I sometimes say, guys, if you really want scale, you really really want scale, you say you want scale, you want really scale, you make that free. Yeah, because then you dominate the marketplace, and who dominates the place can actually. You see, it's a very different model, but not a lot of people are wanting to do it because you need a lot of funding to do that. Of course, yeah, absolutely. I've, I mean, you, you've got my interest now. I've written down Fortnite because <laughs> Fortnite. You, yeah, you've mentioned the magic words of dance moves because, yeah, yeah, as yeah. my children know, that's obviously a key talent for me, and I want to improve yes. that area. It's so, funny. Uh, so next <laughs> event, Mark, you and I shall do a little. Fortnite dance. Uh, I think that'd be great. A great idea. Yeah. But I by the way, it's youth. Love, it's youth culture. It's, it's really youth culture. It's like Mario Bros. When we think about games when we were kids, this is what all the kids I meet are playing. It's just ridiculous. It's massive. So you have to have a look into it. I'm going to throw. I throw another question at you because this yeah. is this is again is something that that I've heard many times and and it is a genuine concern. Is if you're offering a free version of your software. <laughs> Are you not going to then attract those people who only ever want to, to have things that are free? The real, you know, we're talking about the skin flints of this world. They'll take it if it's free, but they're not going to part with a penny. I, 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 I laugh sometimes. I'm looking on, when I look on um, iTunes um, on the Apple platform and you're looking at apps that people have downloaded for one, two, three, four, sometimes five pounds. And you're getting people on there saying, oh, this is very expensive because it's three pounds instead of two pounds. Oh, my God. uh, Stay away from me. You know, on the other hand, I keep saying to everybody, guys, you need to ask money because otherwise it has no value. And I I give you one typical example. I do these uh, boot camps, sales print boot camps, and I've had over 200 people in them. And sometimes, very rarely, I have a friend calling me up and said, can I join? For free, of course. And I've done it three times. And all three times, they were late. One didn't show up. And the other one walked out halfway through. And <laughs> all the other people don't do it. And it's a very simple reason. Uh-huh. They don't value it. It didn't, hurt. It, yes. it didn't hurt them. So in essence, I told everybody, I don't do this anymore. I just don't do it. Except you for you, what? Mark, of course. You're always welcome. <laughs> thank, thank you. <laughs> 
I, I, I'll, if I come along, I'll work. I'll do some work the, as well. The so problem I'll is that I can't way. shut you up when you're in that room. You will want to talk the whole time. That's a big problem. Now, <laughs> what, what I'm trying to say is that, yes, in, on one end, uh, asking money for it, uh, but then you need to do a lot of work up front. You need to do a lot of selling. But certain types of business, if you really want to scale, it's a numbers game. See, yeah. like, why, why do you think HubSpot is giving free CRM? They give it for free because they want everybody on the system so they can upsell you to the marketing automation. Oh, it's a good strategic move as well. Yeah. For, I mean, for and the they CRM have no competition. Out there. Yeah, because they basically killed all CRM competition. And I can yeah. tell you, HubSpot is eating everybody alive. In, if you go to the startup scene, they're actually saying you all get CRM for free. And by the way, the first year we give you 90% discount on the whole suite. But I mean, they statistically calculate if you have 100 startups, at least two, three will go to the full suite after a year. I mean, it's, it, but it's, you know, when we haven't talked about, I mean, we should one day start talking about sales models and all of that because it's going to take us way too long. Yeah. But, but it's the model you apply. And it really depends how the market is looking, what type of product, if it's easy, if it's an easier soft touch product, like a game, but that's very B2C uh, in B2B. And you're right, there is a lot of people, I mean, I tell you something, on my YouTube channel, which is all free, I have so many people that have exotic names, I'm going to say it like that, very exotic names, that ask me the whole time to create new movies and all of that. And I know I'm never going to sell to these guys. Never, ever. Yes, yes. So do I care? No. Honestly, yeah. I don't. I'm making, I keep on track making the movies that I know that's going to give value to my potential customers or to people that I believe in their industry. Let's say it like that. But I mean, I, yeah. I, I've, I have to continually remind myself that I am in business to create revenue because I'm a, I'm a big softie. When somebody comes to me, nice guy, and they're saying, I've got a problem. I'm trying to grow this business. Can you give me some advice? And I think, oh, I'll give them some free advice and I help them. Mm. I get the same experience. Is yeah. They yeah. start to suck up more and more time. You don't get anything in return for it. And because they don't pay for it, they don't actually do it. They don't and, carry out the and advice. They get upset. Yeah. And then they get upset because it's crappy advice in their mind because they don't do it properly. Yeah, exactly. They're saying, well, I'm not so, getting the results. But you haven't t- carried out the actions. It doesn't work. Let me challenge you on something. You said brands what? and all of that. So yes. here comes. I'm a consultant. Mm. And I have a consultancy business. And I want to share my expertise. So I'm going to create YouTube movies. I'm going to share a lot of expertise. Where do I stop? Because the moment I share too much, I can't bill for it. Hmm. That is, that is a difficult one. And this is the difference between brand. I mean, that's brand. Eh? So yes. one of the advices I'm giving software companies, and now you're going to get scared, <laughs> is to say, listen, if you fundamentally sell a software product, or a product, doesn't matter, let's, but let's take a software product. If you're fundamentally selling that, your only goal is to sell that and not to have consultancy or services on your PL. Because in essence, if you have that, your valuation in certain types, I don't need to explain to you, will go down, right? Because you want a recurring software and all that. So the way to win and dominate is very simple. You can win against all the others who do want consultancy by giving and sharing your best ideas, the best advice. But 
Because fundamentally, you will build your brand, people will come to you as the expert, and then you'll say, use this tool. Because your only goal is to sell the tool. And this is the way how you can beat very large brands, because they will never do it, you can beat 10 times faster. Now, that works really well for software, but if you're a consulting company, it becomes really, really tricky. Because if you would share all your best stuff, why would they hire you? I don't think it is. I don't think it is tricky, actually. Yeah, me because neither. I'm just asking you. I'm just seeing how far yeah. can you... <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just saying it isn't just to be controversial to you. Of but, course. Um, <laughs> this polarizing Friday. Yeah, we, we don't, we actually, we don't use the term. When we're talking about ourselves, we don't, we don't see ourselves as a consulting company. I think um, that, that goes back to sort of a historical past in, in mm. the fact that a lot of consultants in and around mergers and acquisitions. And in fact, I don't even think we fit in as an M&A company now with what we do on the growth side. But I suppose we are. We are a consultant, and I hate to be saying that. We always say that we're deal makers, and I think that is the correct focus. But I think a lot of the uh, value that we provide is enabling people to understand and see where they have an issue or the direction that they need to go in. Um, if they can then see that and then they can do that themselves, then great. But most can't because it's not about just exactly. knowing. Exactly. I think there's so many there's so many people that we could speak to. and I see this time and time again. We'll sit down with our clients and we'll explain to them about an aspect of our framework and why that's important. And they will be they will go, absolutely. And they'll be finishing our sentences and we're saying, and we know that's important. And we know and we understand that. And we, we did. That. And then we go, let's have a look at your business. Ah, oh, well, we haven't done it. Yeah. And that's the difference. It's no good knowing this stuff and not doing it. And what we do, what we do is we take it from knowledge and we turn it into wisdom with action. Yeah. The, the, and that's the provide. The, the thing is, if I'm on stage and there is another guy doing the same thing as I do, and he gives a frame or whatever he talks about, all the problems in sales, and then I come on, on the stage after this guy and then I say, listen... I see this is the biggest problem and then you see the whole room kind of nodding and I say, okay, in the next 20 minutes, I'm going to explain you how to solve it. I can tell you, they will all hire me and not the other guy, in essence, yes. while I've given away my best, my best thing and I mean it. So I agree with what you're saying. It's not because you give your best ideas, they can operationalize it. Then they want you to come in and pour in your expertise or whatever. I mean... Yeah. yeah, but but I do believe. I mean, so if I go back to the first part of our call, is in essence is you need to build your own brand, and you can start with a person or with a company, and then you just share advice, you share expertise, answer real questions, don't be vague, and you'll see you you have something to post about, and you'll see that starts attract attracting people. It, it's so simple, it's so basic, it's so pragmatic. And people are scared of it. Yeah, but what do I have to say? Well, you're more of an expert than most people you meet. It's as simple as that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think if you understand the difference between the narrative yeah. and the story, the story go. of the string of pearls on the necklace, you, what you will find is that it has a knock-on effect throughout your business. Like a row of dominoes, you get that done and it has a real positive effect that flows throughout your business. It's amazing the power of this. I can't overemphasize that enough. Yeah, I agree. And we're now at 
31 minutes and 20 seconds. So that's probably a good time to uh, finish up for today. And I'll let you go back to uh, your holiday, Michael. <laughs> for two days. <laughs> I, for two days. <laughs> I hope you um, continue to have a relaxing time. Thank you very much for coming off your holiday to join us on this podcast. And also, thank you for those listeners that are giving us feedback. We've had some very good tips recently. I've met quite a few people who have been listening to our podcast and have been enjoying it. Some people have been giving us some tips on how to improve it. And we love that. So please keep doing it. Please keep sharing it. And um, tell us if you like it and tell us what you don't like about it if you're not. That's brilliant. Uh, so until next week, thank you very much, and I'll speak to you later, Michael. Thank you, Mark. Speak to you later. Cheers. Thank you. Bye-bye.